0: You are listening to the next best picture podcast, and this is our review of Wonder Woman. I used to want to save the world. This beautiful place. But the closer you get, the more you see the great darkness within. Hard way. A long, long time ago.
1: What is your mission?
0: To stop the war. What war? The war to end all wars. The weapons far deadlier than you can ever imagine. The welcome can Wherever you are, you are in more danger than you think. I cannot stand by while innocent lives are lost. Be careful, Diana. Who is this woman? She's my um, secretary, sir. Uh, 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 she's, she's a very good secretary. It is our sacred duty to defend the world. And it's what I'm going to do. Diana! All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Wonder Woman and the story is as follows. Before she was Wonder Woman, she was Diana, Princess of the Amazons, trained to be an unconquerable warrior. Raised on a sheltered island paradise, Diana meets an American pilot who tells her about the massive conflict that's raging in the outside world. Convinced she could stop the threat, Diana leaves her home for the first time. Fighting alongside men in a war to end all wars, she finally discovers her full powers and her true destiny. The film stars Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Robin Wright, Danny Houston, David Fulis, Connie Nelson, and Alenia Anya. It is directed by Patty Jenkins and is written by Alan Heinberg. Joining me for this review, I have Kristen Lopez.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: So, Kristen, we've been looking forward to this one now for quite a while. Although, admittedly, from my end, and I've said this before, I was very worried, skeptical. Um, There was even a part of me that wanted this to fail simply because I'm really angry at DC. I'm very pissed off at what they have done with their properties and the movies that they've been turning out lately have been nothing but cash grabs in an effort to try to catch up with what Marvel has accomplished. That has all changed with Wonder Woman.
1: is <laughs> just proof that Zack Snyder doesn't
0: need to be making these movies anymore. Hey, hey, hey. Zack Snyder's going through a rough time right now. Let's, let's be a little nice. But, yes.
1: <laughs> that has nothing to do with his directing of previous films that happened before this.
0: I will say this about Zack. Everything that he implemented in Batman v Superman for the character of Wonder Woman. Anything in regards to that. Like the uh, guitar main theme or... Um, maybe the constant use of slow-mo whether that's deliberate or not from Patty Jenkins' point Um, I don't really like any of that that comes over in this film but everything that's Patty Jenkins uh, vision herself uh, I'm like a huge fan of here in this movie I just oh I can't stop gushing over how much I enjoy this movie Um, but I want to hear your thoughts so what did you overall think of Wonder Woman?
1: so context always context um i don't read comics i am a casual comic book movie fan i've hated every single thing dc has done um so i was going into this with trepidation in terms of okay well it's dc and it's a comic book movie and i'm just naturally like I I don't get excited over Marvel movies either. So if you're thinking it's one or the other, I just, I don't generally care. So I went into this pretty much apathetic to the whole thing. And goddamn, did this movie just restore my spirit? It restored my faith in filmmaking. It restored my hope that maybe, just maybe, women will finally get some opportunities in Hollywood, as small as I think that might be it just it made me so happy it made me happy not to see the big things it made me happy to notice what a female filmmaker will do that a male director often doesn't even think to notice uh i i thought there were so many little bits where i was just surprised to not be you know like feel scummy afterwards about how certain things looked um and we can get into that i guess deeper later but i love the cast um I was a bit skeptical that Gal Gadot would be good, because I've only ever seen her play the hot girl. And, oh my gosh, I, I'm in love with her right now. I love yeah. I thought she was fantastic. Chris Pine was great. Um, please, someone greenlight a movie where Robin Wright and Connie Nielsen just do something together. I don't know. I don't care. I, I love those two women. Uh, and, and they need to be making more movies. They need to be leading more films. So... I I was just I love this. There's um some issues with the third act, but none of that really was a negative for me. I was so high on everything else that Honestly, I was just I was fine with it by the end of it.
0: Yeah, I'm in the exact same camp that you are. I've got problems with the third act, which we will get into in the spoiler section. But um, overall, the film really does pull itself together and comes around to create what has been one of the best movie experiences I've had in 2017 so far.
1: I would say I would say this is the best movie experience that I've had easily in the last. I'm gonna be kind and say five years but I could be wr- worse and go 10 years, you know? It's been a long, long time since a movie has really just knocked me over.
0: What, what, why is that with this? I mean, you were talking about those little things before. Like, let's get into some of the intricacies and the details here. What did this film do that others do not?
1: Um. So the the first thing that I noticed, there's a, a long set piece, probably about the first third of the movie that takes place on the island of Themyscira. Awesome. Where it's
0: this, it's yes beautiful, <laughs> this yes. it's beautifully
1: shot the cinematography is lovely um, but for me, it was watching, there's a big crane shot, where it's all these women training, uh, whether it's, you know, riding horses or sparring with swords and, you know, shooting arrows and I started to well up, because I have never I, I, I can't recall to you the last movie I saw that had nothing but women in the frame, nothing but. I've always seen movies where it's always a mix, or it's usually uh, a preponder, you know, heavy towards male actors. When you're surprised to just see all women in the frame of a movie, that's disappointing, just on on a grander scale. So that was that was amazing for me to see. Not just women in the frame, but women who were active, who were a mix of of ages, who were not you know, young, youthful women. Um, you know, Robin Wright and, and Connie Nielsen look battle-weary in this movie. And the costumes that they're wearing are not sexualized, you know? You're not like looking at them thinking, oh, you know, one wrong move and she's gonna flash the audience or something. Um, other things like how Diana, when she's fighting, you know, you can look at that costume and understand that Patty Jenkins understands how that costume is functional in a fight. You know, it's not like 300 where you're looking at the actors thinking, well, none of that is going to be worthwhile in a fight. You know, none of that is protective. Uh, whereas in this, you know, all of it seemed like it made sense. And I loved how the camera, when she's fighting and she's, you know, sliding and kicking and doing all this stuff, it's not sexualized. You know, you look at a movie where a woman is fighting in an in a, a outfit, it's always through a male gaze you know it's let's show her bending over or as I call it the sucker punch shot let's show up her skirt as, you know let's see the skirt fly up so you can see her ass you know there's none of that when when the camera is looking at her fighting, it's very tasteful and I, I realized how much how, how unique that was purely because I haven't seen that. In, you know maybe at all I can't tell you a movie that that's on the same level so it's little things like that that you know I, I don't think men are going to notice just because movies are for them you know but for me who sees so many movies from so many different gendered perspectives it felt so unique because for once we're getting a female that's treated with some damn respect <laughs> and I shouldn't have to say that about movies but you know it's true in this one
0: yeah yeah no totally Um, you know Chris Pine uh, plays second fiddle to Gal Gadot in this so much to the point where I know you liked him in this I actually didn't like his performance in this Um, I kind of felt that he was like a bumbling idiot uh, way too often at times Um, but I did like their chemistry together though um, as a pairing but Like, the scenes where he's having to, like, really convey, like, a sense of emotion to her and, like, be um, overly dramatic. Uh, I just didn't feel like the beats landed well enough for me. But Gal Gadot really knocks it out of the park in this. I mean, my God, I've never thought of her as much more than just a pretty actress. She's still drop-dead gorgeous. But she shows so much range in this movie. Um, and there is like an inherent goodness to her performance. There's a earnestness to it when she's, uh, wanting to help the casualties of war, the animals, the, 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 the wounded soldiers. And she is lambasting all the people that are telling her, no, you need to stay on point. The mission is critical. She just has like this earnest quality to her that is so endearing Um, that I was like, I I think she's, I'm just falling in love with her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, she may be wrong. Like, like that scene where she tells off this, uh, this general, uh, the general is talking about how he'll send off like thousands of people to their deaths to achieve like this mission and this goal. And she's like, how could you do that? Those are people that you're you know, ending their lives. And she just like tells him off. And it, it just feels so good to hear somebody advocate for human life in a time of, you know, great tragedy, in a time of war. Um, and that is the quality that I love about this film so much and what I love about her performance so much is that it's so rooted in protection, caring, and love. And ultimately, love is what, you know, pulls the whole film together as a theme towards the end. You know, because... Um, when the film first starts off, it's about, like, well, why did she want to fight? You know, as a little kid, she had, we have these sequences where she's wanting to train with the other Amazonians. And her mother doesn't want her to do it because her mother knows, like, her true powers and capabilities, her destiny, yada, yada, yada. Why do you want to fight Diana? Like, what is the purpose? And by the end of the film, she realizes that it's it's for love. And I could not think of a better message for a movie then you know that you need to fight with uh you know the power of love or not fight at all and do your best to just simply protect love and care of the world entirely um god damn did it just speak to me on such a great level i was also floored by this Kristen. i really was uh, what did you what do you think of that interpretation though
1: um you know, I'll go briefly back to Chris Pine just real quick. First, um, I thought I liked their chemistry. They had a very nice Tracy Hepburn type of back and forth, um, specifically that, that scene on the boat where it's all double entendre that apparently um, men aren't getting, I don't know, uh, or they're getting offended by it. Uh, the whole we don't need men for pleasure thing, and people are out there going like, what? Um I thought that was really funny. Uh, Chris Pine, I think he plays second fiddle because he's the girl. You know, you look at so many superhero movies or just any movie about a fighter, you know, and you always have the girl in the corner, you know, who's just whose role it is is to be supportive. And you don't see that often with male characters. We don't expect them to be waiting in the wings just to provide encouragement. Um and and I don't think we give that its due. So for me, you know, the fact that Chris Pine's character is not threatened, you know, his masculinity, he doesn't feel slighted by by the fact that she's doing these active things. You know, he's actually... Trying to aid her, you know the scene where he gets all the men to um, lift up the the metal so that she can jump off of it to yeah. get on the tower. You know he's not sitting there thinking like, oh, this bitch is trying to upskate, you know, upstage me. Uh, he he wants to help her and be active. As a supportive force, which I really appreciated.
0: In his own words, he's uh, he humbly states he's above average.
1: Exactly. <laughs> you know, I was so happy when when she asked him if he was representative of the typical man. I was all, "Don't say yes, Chris Pine," because I hate when Chris Pine plays that guy again, much like a, a you know you would expect from a female performer who doesn't think he's hot. You know, and I was like, I, you know, you're not an average-looking Joe, man. You're just not. Embrace it. Um, but I, I did like that he was supportive and that he, he wasn't... Uh, the only thing he, I think he plays is he brings up some of these stupid shit that, I'm sorry, men think about women. You know, the, con- the, the chronic, um, your clothing is distracting line. Um, which, again, if you are a woman who has lived on the internet... Oh, you've been told by more than one one dude out there, and I'm not disparaging Matt, okay? Because Matt's not ever done this, but I've got many, many a person who has left me an Instagram comment like, you know, your clothing is distracting. <laughs> Seriously, um, so I, I love that he was kind of pointing out some of the the stupid stuff that that the the opposite sex kind of puts on women that she doesn't really get because she. A, it sounds stupid because it is, and that she has an experience because she's been on this island. Um,
0: I was gonna say she is sheltered, and, yeah. You know, you got to look at through the context of she is in 1910s, you know, uh, London, and people are just simply not dressing in fucking armor. <laughs> That's you know, true, but street.
1: but I mean, you have to look at the the bigger meta context that I think this sure. movie plays very sure. well with. Um, but yeah. in terms of Gal Gadot's performance, um, a Again, the the way this movie looks is fantastic. Patty Jenkins has mentioned that she was really inspired by Renaissance art. And, god damn, does Gal Gadot look like she belongs in, like, a, a you know, a, a Byrne Jones or something. Because she looks <laughs> beautiful. She's beautifully composed. Um, There's
0: so many, like, iconic shots yeah, of her.
1: Yeah. And, and I love how she's got this fish-out-of-water element to her. A lot of people have compared this to um, Ninochka from 1939, if you've seen that with Greta Garbo, um, in terms of coming into this uh, city that she doesn't, this world that she doesn't understand. And again, the small things that, that the script does that I think are really telling, you know, she has no problem wielding a sword in one hand and walking down the street and then being really surprised and happy to see a baby, you know, but it doesn't feel yeah. like like her womb is calling to be, you know, filled with child. Uh, she just... She, she loves finds, ice cream. Exactly, she loves ice cream, but you don't see her, like, <laughs> sitting in the corner, like, bawling, eating gallons of it. It's little things like that. The concept that a woman can be beautiful and tough and have these little quirks and it doesn't demean them in any way um, but uh, you know I love the scenes with her and uh, Etta Candy who is uh, Chris Pine's uh, Steve Trevor's secretary uh, we call that slavery uh, the, the, <laughs> even she gets little moments to be you know tough and and kind I, I wanted more scenes from her but
0: uh, yes I agree because I did think she was quite lovely in this Yeah, um, I, I want to comment on these scenes uh, for a moment because this is um One of the small gripes I have about the movie in general, did you feel that when we did get to London and it's the whole, like you said, fish out of water story portion of it, did you feel that the pacing slowed down a little bit and it just seemed like the film was trying to just get – you know, humor and laughs out of the audience with this whole fish out of water aspect of the story.
1: No, I I wasn't. I was sad that Themiscura was gone because I again was just so. I, I think that those scenes were beautifully written, beautifully acted. I wanted more of that, but yeah. I knew I knew that she would eventually have to leave. That's the hero's journey. Of course. So you know, I but I didn't think that it lost anything. I didn't really start to wander until again that third act for the for the most part i was i was engaged i thought it was humorous i thought that there was some fantastic action that we got to talk about no man's land because
0: oh god yeah
1: that scene was just fantastic so no i was i was on board i and again this is the person that watched bvs the director's cut as the first time they'd ever seen bvs and I wanted to sli- slice my own throat. Um, so, you know, I, this was probably... Beu- this was beautifully paced for me.
0: Yeah, so for me, I, I, I did feel that it got a little sluggish in the middle. Um, and, you know, it's it's almost a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Um, you also got to remember, too, the context of this is a hero origin story. We've seen countless others just like it before. The hero's journey, as you said, you know. So the beats are very familiar, Um However, the unique perspective uh, from Patty Jenkins, uh, the context for everything that you're describing with the small details, made it feel unique. And once again, like just just that earnestness to uh, the character of Diana, uh, just so endearing that I, I could follow her on her path and her journeys over and over and over. But by the time this film does wrap up. I I do worry about a sequel and what a sequel could cover in terms of her character um, and the overall message of the movie I'm worried that we'll get like a standard sequel fare where that heart the heart of the movie is lost because I feel like this movie has a tremendous amount of heart to it Um, and that it'll just become like a Hollywoodized uh, version of what a bigger, better sequel should be But the story will not be worth telling. Um, You know, in terms of the sequences that make this movie uh, so fantastic. You know, you mentioned No Man's Land. That sequence might go down quite possibly as one of, like, the best superhero set pieces ever. Um, Up there with Spider-Man 2's, like, train sequence with Doc Ock. Or... um, what is, uh, what's like another, uh, sequence that's very memorable? Um, maybe the, um, uh, Jesus, uh, wow, it's not really that bad. People yeah, I was probably gonna say,
1: like, I have none.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, people are probably like yelling at me right now. Um, but you know, I'm sure there are countless efforts. I just can't think of them at this very moment. But this sequence is one that's c- clearly very unforgettable. And it's not just the way that Patty Jenkins shoots it, she directs the hell out of this movie. Um, It's really, for me, what sold everything, put a little bow on top of it, and just made it that much better. It's such an integral part of the filmmaking process. It is so, so important. And superhero films tend to lack it. There's been even videos on it. A great score. A great score can make or break a movie, um, or m- by break, I mean make it unmemorable, but the score in this movie, when she's walking through No Man's Land in slow motion and the score is just pounding away, and you feel like that epicness of watching her uh, in her armor just walking across that field, and the men are watching her amazed and in wonder, no pun intended, it is awesome you know and I, I don't use that phrase as um a, 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 like a, like i like i don't have a vocabulary it's literally the definition of awesome it is such an exciting moment and i believe that the score uh, helps that considerably and also too in the third act final showdown
1: Yeah, the No Man's Land scene is, again, beautifully composed. The score is fantastic. This was the scene I I told somebody after I left that just makes me believe I can, like, go off and, like, I wanted to hit something afterwards just because I felt, like, so pumped about everything. Um, You know, when the bullets are striking off the shield, it's, again, things like the fact that she can run up to somebody and, you know, be a dominant aggressor And having seen this hot on the heels of Alien Covenant, where I saw a perceived woman who was supposed to be a military lady who couldn't shoot for shit. Um,
0: Cowering in fear, might I add.
1: Yeah, I was so happy. Again, and I keep shitting on Sucker Punch, but it's a great example. It's great to just watch a woman go out into a war zone with a weapon and be able to hit something. You know, I, I I, we don't often see women who are you have the veneer of toughness, but they're often not allowed to actually execute that. And yeah, like
0: um, Emily Blunt in Edge of Tomorrow's is uh, yes. one example I could think of recently. Yeah. 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 And,
1: and so it was great to actually see her go out and be able to hit something that she's, you know, aiming for again, small things that I should not be praising to such high regard. But that's what we're at right now, and yeah, that that No Man's Land sequence, you know, a lot of people said it was like Spider-Man 2 meets Saving Private Ryan, and, you know, I might be tempted to agree if I had actually seen Saving Private Ryan. Um, Don't hate me for that, but I haven't seen it.
0: I hate you so much.
1: (laughs) But yeah, I thought that was was an amazing scene, um, that the third act does really look chintzy in comparison, but I didn't care. (laughs)
0: I was gonna say we got to comment on this because I do think it is worth mentioning. Um, the visual effects are very hit or miss. Do you agree?
1: Um, I did notice it, and I'll probably notice it more when I see it for a second time. I did think that yeah, the third act effects mostly because it's a lot of stuff flying around. And again, I think what the no man's land sequence does so simply is taking things that we know that we've seen. You know, we've seen bullets fly. We've seen we know what those look like. This, by comparison, because it's just stuff flying around, it's not that technically over-the-top, so it shouldn't really look that che- cheap-looking. Um, but it, it kind of does, yeah. So I, I think most of it looks just like, um, you know, they lost a lot of money on the budget, and they had, like, two weeks to get stuff done. Um, it's not nearly as bad as the effects in something like X-Men First Class, Oh God! But yeah, but it's not nearly as epic as some of the effects in you know other other comic book movies.
0: Sure, yeah, this isn't going to be uh, for me um, a top visual effects contender come the Oscar time. Um, but I think they're serviceable to the story. They don't really call uh, that much attention to themselves. Remember, once again, uh, this film is focusing on character and on plot over the spectacle and that is what always seals the deal as i've said before countless times character and plot will always 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 prevail and make a movie that much better um another aspect i do want to bring up before we get into the spoiler section here um was oh geez where are my notes uh hold on
1: can I just throw out really quick, I, I feel like yeah. I need to give some some extra kudos to Robin Wright and Connie Nielsen.
0: Wait, well, hold on a second. In regards to Robin Wright, uh, is it okay for me to say, without getting into spoiler territory, I was just slightly let down with lack of screen time?
1: Oh yeah, I wanted I want a whole movie just about their life.
0: Yeah. I yeah, want a okay. whole movie. All right. I want a whole movie like about that, their life. That's, that storytelling sequence where you do get the context of how these how these women came to be and what they what they represent and who they are is gorgeous by the way in terms of its animation. Yeah. Um and really helps put in perspective uh Connie Nielsen and Robin Wright's characters um in a way where I still feel like they're like stock characters, they're like they're not three-dimensional, but there was a quality that made me also say I w- I want more. You know.
1: Yeah, I wanted so I wanted an entire Themyscira movie because I thought all of those those characters could have had a really interesting history. And and Robin Wright again, I I posted this on Twitter and I stand by it. I think it's fantastic that there's a world that exists where Diana, Princess of the Amazons, is raised by Princess Buttercup. And uh, I <laughs> I don't know if she was queen in Gladiator, but uh, Lucilla. From, oh yeah, from she was okay. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was I thought that was so great. Um, and I love both actresses. I think they're very underrated talents. Um, Robin Wright, I've I've loved her since I was like five. Whenever I saw The Princess Bride, and she's tough. She's you know she she understands the way that the world works. You know, there there's a, a tr- training scene where she's training uh, Diana, and she tells her that she expects the fight to be fair. And I, I love that moment because that's a call to all women, you know, not just Diana, but it's a, it's a reminder to most of us that we're coming into things with unequal footing from the get go, and that's just how it is. Um, it, it goes back to Chris Pine saying, uh, not not as subtly um, that you know it's institutional, that you know systemic, um, that that the reason people are the way they are, it's a grander thing. Um, but but I love Robin Wright. And I love Connie Nielsen. She gets, I think, the the lowest amount of screen time. Um, but she's really fantastic as this woman who has talked about, you know, um, wanting to have a child so much that she made Diana out of clay and then Zeus made her real. Um, you know, taking take appropriation into her own hands. And again, it's not diminishing to her as a character. Um, that was the one, again, thing about the third act. You know, I there's a a moment we can talk more in depth where I thought that they should have gotten a bit more of a proper send off. Um, but I I thought those, that they were fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's get into that spoiler territory. Shall we? Sure. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Okay. So, um, here's my problem and maybe this isn't a problem for you, but this is my big problem. Uh she kills uh Danny Houston's character, um, which is a very awesome moment, an awesome scene. Um, even I was like thinking to myself, okay, that's the end of the movie, you know what I mean? Like that was very um impactful, it was an emotional character moment for her. And then she realized that the war hasn't stopped, and I'm like, oh, maybe this is gonna be her forget it, Jake, it's Chinatown, you know, moment. Um, and I'm really digging this because I'm loving like how the film is like ending on this note of like you know, she thinks that she's conquered, you know, um, the, the god of war, Ares, and she's all distraught, and Chris Pine is trying to tell her, like, you can't stop, you know, this war, it's too big, and I'm i am really digging all of this so much, and then fucking David Fuelis shows up, who's been like a bumbling English um, aristocrat who's uh, trying to... I believe stopped the war Uh, to be honest with you. His character was so unmemorable. I don't really remember too much, but then it's revealed that he is Ares, the God of war. And I'm sitting in my chair like, Oh my God, they've jumped the shark. That was not a good reveal. That was horrible. Like I would, it just seems so out of left field and out of nowhere and i'm like now we're going to get the omnipotent uh, godlike we do not understand their powers and their limitations versus uh diana who's also godlike and she has secret powers and i'm like rolling my eyes i'm i'm really like ready i'm like oh my god this is going to knock down my score i'm i'm pissed and the fight happens and it's getting even worse because david Fulis is like now gets this armor but they decide to keep his face and his voice and it's not matching like in terms of like what this armor and like this look is supposed to like represent. I was hoping for like blackened eyes um, and a more like demonic voice, but instead it's English actor, David Fulis who we all love by the way um, you know, just talking to Diana and I'm just not buying any of this until There's a great moment with Chris Pine, Diana, where um, it's like, you know, you hear the dialogue of what he's saying to her as he's departing her. And he saves the day while she goes on to save the world, as he says. And it's emotional. It's impactful. And once again, the music pulls it all together and makes the moment so much bigger and so much grander than uh, it was initially feeling for me to the point where when that act was over... I was like, okay, you know what? They dug themselves a hole. They had me at a low. They brought themselves back up, and they hit it out of the park in the end. Um, I was pleased with it by the end, but man, oh, man, if that is not the worst problem in the movie, I don't know what is.
1: Um, So to to break that into bite-sized chunks, um, we didn't-
0: Sure, yeah. <laughs> I just, I had to go on a rant. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's
1: fine. It's fine. Uh, we didn't talk about Danny Houston as, as
0: Ludendorff, because um, he's not really, like, he's not really a thing in this. It's not so much about it's him. It's a very like the,
1: Danny Houston performance. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> which, which
1: my friends know my affinity for the Houston clan. So uh, when he popped up, my friends were like, oh, God, you're going to go on about how much you love him. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, it was a very Danny Houston performance. But there's a moment <laughs> where it's him and um, the chemist and they've just killed a bunch of people, which, you know, I'm a fan of like gleefully villainous villains that aren't the Joker, because I think the Joker is often uh, a character you can go over the top with, as seen in Suicide Squad. Um, But there's a scene where, where they kill a bunch of people and she, the the chemist tells him, uh, well, the gas masks aren't going to work. And he says, yeah, but they don't know that. And He starts giggling. I thought that scene was hilarious. Um, I'm, I'm all for villains embracing like their, their like fanboy villainy. Um, and again, when she, when when he eventually uh, shuffles loose the mortal coil, it was again so great to watch a woman straight up like kill somebody. Uh, in a comic oh, yeah. book movie. Again, not often something that happens.
0: Oh no, I was I was definitely surprised and taken aback by it. I was like, oh I'm like that was that, that was vicious. Yeah. I'm like, he she fucking impaled him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Good
1: times. Um but then yeah, you get the third act reveal, which again is often I think utilized because this the people assume and I, I don't mean the screenwriter It sounds like seems like a studio thing that they assume the audience is stupid and they're not going to understand unless we we have some sort of big thing and often we can't and and this goes for other movies i had the same issue with covenant we can't just let movies end at their natural conclusion point we have to account for every eventuality it seems and that's what it seemed like with aries um so, yeah, you kind of, David Thule shows up purely by process of elimination. You know, what actor has gotten the, the you know, screen time. Um, obviously, Etta Candy was not going to be Ares in yeah. this movie, which I think actually would have been really cool. Um, so, yeah. Oh,
0: I would have shat all over that. <laughs> I would not have, yeah, no. I mean, it would have been funny, but that's not what you want to go um, for. <laughs> either way. Uh,
1: so, yeah, I, I don't think it really worked. Again, it seemed very much uh, like the Ultron type of plotline. You know, humanity Mm. is bad, so therefore we must destroy all of them so we can rule them. He's kind of got... I
0: mean, like, I thought that that was fitting though with the mythology and you know I mean there was set up for it she's
1: got the doctor horrible defense the world is a mess so i just need to rule it um
0: i mean at least it wasn't i need to kill you and get you out of the way to conquer the world it no, was yeah. more of hey you are you are not like the rest of them you are special which is something she like i said she's constantly told throughout the movie together we can do it you and know I see, what i
1: mean and i i always i so, saw that motivation as false through him, that essentially she was just going to be a puppet because she was more powerful. Um, well,
0: maybe that's the whole gender piece, though.
1: Exactly. That that could be it. Um, what really, but that didn't bother me. What bothered me was the Chris Pine moment. That's what bothered me. When he wait
0: no. why?
1: When he declares his love and has to sacrifice himself.
0: Oh yeah, I, I yes, I, I I while I thought it was heartfelt, I did think it was a little silly that. He would be like, "I love you." Yeah, they spent
1: I mean? one night together. Um, I mean, she
0: is she is by far the most impressive female specimen he will ever fit he will ever encounter in his that's life. That's
1: true. I mean, if the "I love you" was more of just like a concept of like, I've I've put my dick in you and now I need to tell you I love you. Uh,
0: like <laughs> I'm I'm infatuated with you. You also have to remember this is 1910s. They don't think of love in the same way that we do, where it's like this whole complex fucking thing. It in back then it was a lot more simple. You know, you met a girl, you went out to the movies, and next thing you know, you're married and you got a couple kids and that's just the way of the world. You know what I'm saying? So I could definitely see being rescued on a beach by this gorgeous woman and, you know, going through this whole Uh, Naive journey fish out of water story with her where, you know, you're trying to get her to be acclimated and hide in plain sight and then you see how much she kicks ass and you're just impressed by that. It makes you like even more attracted to her. You spend that very tender night together, whatever happened in, in, in that room between the two of them, who knows? I I could see it. I like googly eyes. You know, like the the hearts are in the eyes. I love you. I, I could see it, but it was a little corny. Well, regardless.
1: again, but that wasn't that wasn't my big issue. Okay, so he says he loves her. We have to give him a hero moment and kill him off, which I was, well, yeah, he's a second character. I I get that. I get why it's necessary. My issue is is that she's she's galvanized to action. In that that moment, because
0: he died Oh, that's what—that's the emotion. Now I the wanted the
1: galvanization to be the fact that her mother and her aunt and and the people of the have have taught her to to be tough. I wanted that to come back in some way. Not the fact oh, that the first no, Kristen, guy could... that she's met told her he loved her, and then oh, she. I'm st- <sighs>
0: No. Yeah. I can see what you're doing. You're basically taking everything that I love about this movie in terms of the message of love.
1: And see, and I don't think the message was love. I, I think that's a very... They
0: say that it is.
1: But but it's also <laughs> the fact that she understands that it's about our inner humanity as well. That it's not, you know, just Which this.
0: comes from a place of love. Love for mankind. Love for your fellow human. Love for the earth love you exactly. know what I mean?
1: but and, and i i wanted the love to come not just from romantic love with a male i wanted it to be love of her her mother and her aunt and the the women that she's grown up around not this
0: admittedly they are a forgotten thought but yeah I thought get exactly to get to the and, that, and i would that have, is true
1: i would have liked that the the reason that she is able to go on and continue is that you know I don't want it to be the the do it for the Gipper moment you know like I, I want it but to be let's
0: imagine this though for a minute here Kristen this kind of a film superhero movie right who was the audience for this movie
1: hopefully women
0: uh, well of course get a little bit more specific which kind of women
1: if you're going to say it's young women so they need to get all gooey about love then I'm going to disagree with you
0: I am because Chris Pine is a dreamy actor that Ew. young teenage women can swoon over, and they want to have that's such a, that that's, tragic. I'm telling that's you, such a belittling
1: it's, we've, viewpoint. But we've
0: seen it before. You have to think that this is something that
1: no, we've maybe- seen it before from male directors who assume that's what women want. And we've proven Then why is time it here? Again. Then
0: and why did studio, they do? Studio,
1: studio, saying we need to have, we need to have, the, give the guy his due, and we need to end it on yes. love, so that women. Exactly. It's not a female point of view, though. It's not something we no, want no, to necessarily No, no, but they see. think
0: they think that that they yeah. need to do that yeah. for that audience. So if you're that saying that audience. it's stupid
1: men, but in power who said that we you need to sell out by doing it, then yeah, I can agree with that. It doesn't mean I doesn't have to like it. Can we agree it.
0: that at least it's done tastefully?
1: No, I thought it was cheesy.
0: Really, yeah. I I thought that it. I, I thought it was really cheesy did.
1: because in a movie that I had seen so many things that I hadn't seen done so well subtly up until this point to end it with the you know the lowest lane hero moment. I just I wanted I wanted it to return to where this movie had started with women, not romantic love and you know like what could have been i didn't want it to turn into the fucking notebook by the end
0: Ah, uh, well i mean i don't know I, I i could you have done the same ending though with him taking the plane off yeah. shooting it blowing it up and not doing that you think I'm sure
1: you could have i mean i'm not a screenwriter i'm sure you could have though but that sounded yeah, like the studio. Because I, I also
0: wonder too if you were to ask Patty Jenkins and bring this up to her, I wonder what her defense would be.
1: I would, I would love to. Add, if if I ever got the interview to chance to interview Patty Jenkins, oh my gosh, I would so, I would so be okay with that.
0: Yeah, because I'd be very curious of her defense, because you have to believe that she would say that you're wrong because it's in the movie. I'm assuming that, by the way. I'm assuming that what's in the movie is what she intends.
1: Oh, see, I'm assuming that what might have been in the third. I mean, she's got you again, especially as a woman, too, as a female director. You have to be able to please both the audience and the many men. And that's Especially
0: like, when you're given this much money for a budget, of course.
1: Well, you There's know. There's too much
0: responsibility and too many people that you do need to appease, which is how we know the Hollywood system works.
1: Exactly. So that seemed like it was a studio thing, that they told her, okay, we can give you all of this, but you have to end it like that.
0: Mm, I could see it. I, I'd love to know the truth. I would love to find out. Is Patty Jenkins on Twitter? I, I might ask. to Yeah, have she, yeah she is. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that later. <laughs> um I, I I totally see where you're coming from with it. I personally felt that it worked, especially because there's one little extra added beat where he has a moment of hesitation before he shoots it, um, which I thought was a nice little touch to really sell the moment of, you know, him, his thought process and thinking about making this decision. I did feel that after the plane exploded and she's like, no. Like, I thought that was a little much, yeah. but once again, though, no, when the lightning strikes and she's, like, fucking turning into a Super Saiyan, it's, you know, it was awesome. <laughs> you know, awesome is the only word to describe how badass she just becomes in that moment. And once again, the music really, really sells it for me, minus the screeching, terrible guitar line from Batman v. Superman. Final thoughts, Great out of 10, Oscar potential.
1: So I I love this movie, regardless of the third act, which again, I was so pumped by the rest of the movie that I was able to ignore that. And again, if if this was a different director, I probably would have been, you know, I'd have expected a lot more horribleness from this. Um, I'm glad that Patty Jenkins is uh, signed on to do a sequel. Um, because I think she's fantastic. She's always been fantastic. She got Shirley Sether in a fucking Academy Award, so you yeah. know you should we should be giving her way more uh, credit than she's been given. So I I loved it. I thought Gal Gadot was great. I thought Chris Pine was a lot of fun. It's beautiful to look at. So Oscar potential, you know, score. I think I'm at score. I I don't see anything else. Um, oh my
0: god i would love for the score to get in i just don't think it's gonna happen i
1: mean yeah oh. again I, but if anything's gonna happen it's gonna be score and um i'm gonna give this a 9 out of 10 i this is this is again a high high watermark for me
0: yeah yeah um my final thoughts on the film are if you if you interpret the dark knight and logan as being two movies that tried to redefine the superhero genre. Um, I'm of the belief that Wonder Woman perfects the superhero genre. It's not um, trying to do a different type of genre that's not anywhere rooted near the superhero origin story because that is what this is ultimately. Um, There are many different genre conventions that it does play with. Uh, It's a period piece. It takes place during World War I. Um, It's a fish-out-of-water story. It's um, a hero's journey. There's a lot of elements here that do come together, and I think they all work. I think Gal Gadot is remarkable in the lead role, something that I... <laughs> after Batman v Superman I, w- I wouldn't have been so sure about, but I think she shows a cr- an incredible amount of range in this. Um I really love the message of this movie. I am absolutely infatuated with the score by Rupert Gregson-Williams who also did the score for Hacksaw Ridge last year. Um you know, after seeing his talent in that and then seeing it get expanded upon with this, he's going to be like my new go-to like uh composer to create epic film scores because that's what both of those film scores sound like. They are just huge and grand and they add so much to the weight of the film. Um, The action is really well directed by Patty Jenkins. The script is, you know, it's funny in parts. It's light here. It's heavy where it needs to be. But man, oh man, that third act kept this from being um, a perfect 10 out of 10 for me and what would have made this probably the best superhero movie of all time for me. Um, that third act brought it down to, uh, for me, I was debating between 8 or a 9, but man, I landed at a 9. Uh, it's it's only the second film this year I've given a 9 to, Logan being the other one, but I think it really, really deserves it. I like it more of an Iron Man 1, I like it more of an Spider-Man 1. I really, really, really dug Wonder Woman in a big, big way. Oscar potential. Score would be like the Holy Grail. Oh my God, it would be incredible. I'd be so super freaking happy. But like I said, I don't think it's going to happen. I think the visual effects are not good enough to possibly land a visual effects nomination either. So I'll just uh, throw my hat in for the both sound categories, sound editing, sound mixing. Um, I think there's a lot of slow-mo shots, there's a lot of um, elements involved with the sound that really help to give this film a, lo- a lot of punch, like you said before, Kristen, that beach sequence um, on the island with um, the World War I soldiers and the women on their horses with the arrows, I mean, that's just phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal stuff, so I would say both sound categories, if anything, okay, man, this, is, uh, this has been a fun one to talk about for sure, Kristen, where can they find you on the internet?
1: You can send all your I Hate Wonder Woman hot takes to me at Twitter at Jeremy's underscore film.
0: Who could possibly hate this movie? Like, this uh, movie gets so much right.
1: Have you been not, not been on Twitter in the last, like, week and a half?
0: I try to avoid that negativity. I really do. I really, truly do. I've only been paying attention to people that are saying positive things about this movie. I, <laughs> wish, I, could,
1: I wish I could live in that world.
0: Objectively <laughs> speaking, objectively speaking, this is a well-done movie compared to compared, compared to the other DC comic book films that we've gotten in recent memory. And if you can't see the difference in that, I do not know what to tell you and I do not know how to help you. And quite frankly, I don't know if I want to help you. I think you're just lost at that point. So you could find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you everyone so much for listening to our review of Wonder Woman. You can subscribe to the Next Best Picture podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, and player fm be sure to leave us a review on itunes let us know what you think of the show we really appreciate it and we will see you all next time
1: coming up on five minute news